everybody so today the song is called let me go and that is by the citizen soldier um this man is a fantastic songwriter um for those who really connect with music or new music to get them through really tough times great choice um he's actually a therapist by day but he also records really great music so check him out if you uh are so inclined and as usual, the normal warning, I am not a professional, maybe one day I will be, but today is not that day. Do not take anything I say as gospel, and please seek professional help if you think you need it. And of course, all the trigger warnings today. So it should be no surprise that by the title, um, we're going to be talking about um, suicide, suicidal behaviors, ideations, overall just very heavy emotional things so if that's not something you can engage in right now that's totally fine um you should probably go listen to something else so september is um suicide awareness month i realize it is now october 2nd um but even though it is the beginning of october now i think this should still be talked about there's so much stigma around mental health but I feel like it's even worse for those who struggle with suicidal thoughts and things like that. So here we are. So first, we're going to just quickly go over a few key terms just so like this kind of language is understood. So suicidal ideation, these are thoughts about dying or wishing to be dead without the intent to act on those thoughts. Suicidal behavior is um, things that can include like suicidal ideation, which are just the thoughts, but also suicide attempts, preparatory behavior. So that would be like getting things together to be able to make an attempt or things like rehearsal behavior, which some people actually go through and like practice how or what they're going to do before they actually attempt to do it. And then of course, suicide attempt is a behavior that causes injury and can result in physical trauma but it has a non-fatal outcome and there's evidence that that person had suicidal intent so i'm quickly going to just name off a few risk factors um so any kind of abuse whether that's sexual emotional physical etc um, there's addiction family history of suicide legal complications postpartum issues all kinds of trauma, um, low socioeconomic status. So those who live on or below um, the poverty line. I think money issues uh, in general cause people a lot of stress in life. And then there's also a couple of prevention factors. I'm not saying that these few things are going to be everybody's fix, but things like finding even very small reasons to stay alive. And it could be something so, so, so simple. Like 
maybe you enjoy watching the sunrise or or sunsets or just the way that the sun feels on your skin um or maybe it's something maybe a little bit bigger like maybe you just you don't you don't want to leave your dog or your kids or whatever it might be just finding small or large reasons to stay a little bit longer and then there's finding a sense of belonging or identity and this is so 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 much easier said than done uh, sometimes but I'll get into that a little bit more but connection has a huge impact on this And then there's the willingness to engage in therapy to maybe learn some coping skills or just simply like talk to someone. You don't even need to like fully commit to like, you know, going through this massive life overhaul. You can just kind of like show up and just give it a chance and see how things go if that's like an easier step. A little fact, um, more women than men attempt suicide, but more men die by suicide because they're usually using more lethal means to get there. And one thing that I think is like really key to the whole conversation is a lot, most people don't want to die. Like they don't want to be dead. It's that they don't want to keep living the way that they're currently living and they also cannot see a way out of that and again whether that's because of poverty or chronic illness or you know there's a laundry list of of reasons why people feel that way but we get stuck sometimes sometimes for long periods of time and that is super exhausting i i don't even think exhausting is the right word for that so like i said a few minutes ago Connection is so important. Um, Part of what can lead to these thoughts or behaviors is disconnection. Humans are social creatures, and I'm not talking about like introversion versus extroversion or whatever. I mean, we need human contact and connection to thrive. And sometimes it can seem like, you know, everyone's so busy with their own lives, they're so focused on themselves or their families or whatever people just like sometimes it can feel like they look right through you and there's that there's just very little connection and it makes it really easy to make people feel like no one would care if they were gone and I very much so understand how that can seem like a reality for so many people but I promise you that someone would care probably people who you would maybe least expect so on the other hand like there's there's people who like you know, you you think, oh, that like they won't care if if I if I leave, like I'm a burden or whatever the thoughts might be. On the other hand, there's also people who carry a huge amount of guilt contemplating suicide because they know it will deeply, deeply hurt the people that they love. And what doesn't help are people who keep that guilt going by trying to shame people into staying or telling someone that like they're going to hell if they take their own lives or something like that. There are so many situations that are just not helpful or even fair to the person who is struggling. And keeping somebody alive by using guilt and shame as a leverage is seriously damaging. Speaking of using emotional manipulation, um, one phrase (laughs) that I would just love to disappear is life's tough get a helmet 
I just think that phrase is so gross. <laughs> Life can change in the blink of an eye and obviously not always for the better. Always remember, for most of us, we are a lot closer to becoming unhoused and unable to feed ourselves than we are to becoming billionaires. So I'm going to quickly go over a couple of things that are suicide prevention that maybe not everyone is aware that's suicide prevention. But first of all, housing is suicide prevention. Being able to eat three meals a day and count on that is suicide prevention. If you didn't have a home or starving and couldn't make enough money to have housing or food, like it's pretty easy to see how people might end up feeling the way that they do. Or I'm going to tack on to that, end up in addiction. And that, that topic is going to be a completely different episode. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's not going to be a short one because that is my um, my kind of area that I would like to go into with my career. And I've I've always kind of followed it really closely and worked in that kind of, yeah, anyway, I digress. Something else that is suicide prevention that maybe not everybody realizes is just being conscious of the difficulties of those around you. Having more empathy for other humans, no matter what they're going through. And I'm not going to say this loudly because I don't want to blow out the um, earbud users right now. But uh, safe consumption sites and any kind of harm reduction is suicide prevention. So recently, I completed a suicide intervention certificate. And I'm going to just share a few important tidbits from that course. So they use an acronym and it's called CPR support. And so... Um, the C stands for clarify. So most people don't usually just outright say they're suicidal or they're thinking about committing suicide. Usually it's like in the things they say like nonchalantly sometimes or behaviors that can like tip us off that someone is suicidal. So you just kind of like want to clarify what they mean when they say things or ask them where their behavior is coming from. And in this doing and when when you do this it's really good to just be very straightforward but not accusatory just being like hey i'm really concerned this is what i'm seeing or this is what i'm hearing and i want to help you so i need you to like be honest and something like that and then the p within cpr is plans so that's kind of a two-tiered thing so one, um, plans of the person thinking of suicide, and then in response to their plan, we would need to have a plan to keep them safe. So again, you can just straight up ask them, do you have a plan? Do you know how you're going to do this? If they say no, they're not like at imminent risk of ending their life. If they have a plan that's more serious, and the more detailed that plan is, the higher the risk is. Also, another important tidbit about the plan is um, if they know when they're going to do it. The kind of rule is like if it's within 24 to 48 hours, that is imminent risk, high risk, like need to act now type thing. But if it's like three months from now, like they're going to see how things go, we can like kind of back that down a few steps on seriousness. And then the R is removing the means. So like removing the means of like how they were planning on doing it. Most people won't go to just any extent to end their lives. They a lot of the times mentally prepare to use a certain method to end their life. 
And suicide attempts are often impulsive actions, and they're usually in situations where they're in extreme psychological distress, and they kind of feel like they get backed into a corner. And so the means is usually thought out, but the action's not, because it's usually impulsive and, you know, it's in a very high emotion situation. But if we can take away the prep or the means, it makes it harder for them to impulsively act on their thoughts. And something important is do not just take away whatever it is they're planning to use. They need to know that they still have some kind of control over the situation. And I know that that part might be a little bit hard for people to understand, but it is important. So like asking if we can take their me- make their means less accessible. So like maybe we can say, can we make a plan to make sure that blank is more out of reach for you? Or if you're going to find a bridge or other tall structure to jump off of, can you call me or professional support? That would be um, like a crisis line or even, you know, 911 or whatever it might be. And if someone isn't willing to work with you to remove the means, of course, they're at greater risk um, of suicide. And it, it, it means they're just not willing to safety plan. And that, that makes things a lot more serious. So there's different like tiers of risk, um, and I'm not going to go over all of them, but I will go over the lowest and the highest. So someone who is low risk, the lowest risk, is just someone who is having thoughts alone. There's no prep, there's no, there's no action, I guess. They, they haven't put thought into how they wanted to or doing any of that. So with any tier there's always these three things, or four things, I guess. There's personal support, professional support, monitoring risk, and then a follow-up. So with someone who is low risk, personal support is like asking the person to share with trusted friends or family that they're struggling. Um, Professional support is finding professionals that, that the person believes can help them and that they're accessible. The accessible part is very important because private therapy can be very, very costly and it's just not accessible to everyone. And then there's monitoring risk. So you can ask them to reach out if they have more thoughts on dying by suicide and then you also can follow up. And again, you have to be direct. You just directly ask about if they're still thinking about suicide or how they're feeling in general. And if somebody's low risk, maybe you do that like every few weeks for a while. And then of course there's the medium type risks that I'm not going to go over in this episode, but if you have questions or you want to know, just feel free to message me on Instagram. And then the highest risk level is like imminent risk. So we can attempt to remove the means if it's possible, or we can just, if we can't do that, call uh, a crisis line or get this person to a hospital but again you kind of have to you have to let them decide and it's important that they they know that they still have control over what's happening but also really try not to leave this person alone and if they don't want to be left alone with you try to connect them to a person that they trust um and if they're unwilling or unable um to contact a crisis line or go to the hospital themselves and it is this imminent risk, call 911 or whatever 
emergency number is near you. So, I don't know who all listens to this. I can see parts of my um, my analytics. Um, there's a surprising number of countries and um, a lot of different age ranges, too. But, I mean, obviously, I don't know everyone personally or by name that listens to this, but I just wanted to say that I see you and I see you as a human being. Life is freaking hard and I think in the day of social media and people posting highlight reels, it can be really, really hard to see that everyone does have their struggles. And it sounds a little bit cliche, but I guarantee We never, ever know someone's full story, ever. People can be really good at hiding things and covering things up and making things look like they're great. Not just fine, but great. And life is just ruthless sometimes. It's hard. But if we can just find little glimmers to hang on to, things could get better. I'm not going to say they're going to get better because I don't know, but they could. And that possibility of the could is what counts. But we need to be here to see if they do. And you don't need to love life every day. That's not realistic. But just hanging on to the little, little things is sometimes what we need to try to do just to stay here and find better days. I am going to put some phone numbers, some text lines, some apps um, as resources in the description. Um, So if you are thinking... Maybe you need to reach out or hop on these apps to talk to um, not just professionals, but one of them is peer support. So it's just people. Um, You can do that. The number for Crisis Services Canada, like the call number, um, that's 24-7. I'm going to leave that below. The uh, crisis text line, uh, I think that's for Canada too. I'm going to leave that below. So, you know, if you don't actually want to get on a phone call with someone, you can text instead of call. There is an organization called Hope for Wellness, um, and that is for Indigenous peoples across Canada. That's also 24-7. Um, there's that number that I'll leave below, or there's also um, a website that you can connect with them online. I'm going to leave that link below. And then there's a couple of apps that uh, are available Uh, The first one is the Not Okay app. Um, It's a free app, and it notifies your trusted contacts, um, and it tells them that they've been selected as your support group. So when the time comes and you need to reach out, you'll just have to open the app and basically press this big red button, and it will notify them, and they can contact you. And then there is the White Flag app. Um, it's an app to connect you to others with similar backgrounds and experiences and etc. So on White Flag, you can have peer-to-peer support um, on people who know exactly what you're experiencing. And I think the best part of this app, well, one of the best parts, is that it's anonymous. So you don't need to worry about anyone in your life finding you on it or people, you know, doing shitty things and using information that you've shared with someone maybe they shouldn't or you know what I mean just the anonymous aspect I think is is great to have on an app like that okay well that is it for today um 
just take care of each other. Take care of yourselves. Definitely take care of yourselves and um, have a little bit of patience with others and with yourself. I know I've said this before in uh, other episodes, but my inbox is always open and I try to get back to people uh, as fast as I can. And again, uh, everything is, for lack of better terms, confidential. I don't go around naming names or talking about things with people. Um, And if you are worried uh, about anything like that, if that's something that bothers you, I pretty frequently um, post anonymous links so you can leave me anonymous messages as well. Um, The answer to those, though, will have to be posted in my public story because I don't know who I'm talking to, so I can't message you back privately um, unless you tell me. But that kind of defeats the person, um, the purpose of anonymity. (laughs) I can't talk anymore. Um, Does anyone else use the term mashed potato brains? Because I do, and it's happening. (laughs) So I think it's time for me to go. But you get the point. My inbox is always open, and I hope everybody can find their glimmers in life. Okay. I'll see you in the next episode. Bye. If you could feel what I feel, me, my monsters inside, you never tell me I'm selfish for wanting to die. You would let me let go. You would let me let go. You wouldn't judge me for standing out here on the